0: In that last example, I pointed out that the function was never negative on the interval. And it's worth looking at what happens if the function is negative on the interval. So let's look at the same function, y equals x cubed, and look at the area between y equals x cubed, y equals 0, but x equals negative 2 to x equals 2. So if we redraw a picture, we still have the cubic function like that. And we're going this time from negative 2 to 2. So x equals negative 2 to x equals positive 2, something like that. Now, you might notice there's a lot of symmetry here, and that's definitely going to come into play here very soon. So we're going from negative 2 to 2, and we want the area. And we're just going to use Riemann sums and see what happens. Now, if I want to use left endpoints, then I would start here and make my first rectangle from there, right? If I want to use, if I do that, though, then my last rectangle is formed here. If I use right endpoints, then my last rectangle is formed up here. But then my first rectangle is formed on the left like this. A little, not at negative 2, but at negative 2 plus whatever delta x is going to be. So, I'm going to. I actually think it's instructive to look at how to set it up both ways using left endpoints and right endpoints. Then we're going to pick one that seems to be at least moderately easier. So, let's uh, start first of all with our delta x. We need to know what delta x is to know what our endpoints are. So, delta x is b minus a over n, b is 2, a is negative 2, so you got to watch your signs over n. So, this time my delta x is twice as big, right? It's 4 over n instead of 2 over n, because I'm taking actually twice the size of my x interval. Instead of going from 0 to 2, it's negative 2 to 2. So delta x is 4 over n. Now, using left endpoints, my C1 is going to be what? Using left endpoints, C1 is? negative 2, isn't it? The left end point is negative 2. C2 would be negative 2 plus delta x which would be negative 2 plus 4 over n. It seems like so far so good, right? It's nice to be able to start at negative 2. C3 would be negative 2 plus 4 over n plus another 4 over n. Oh, maybe I should write that. Negative 2 plus the 4 over n from before plus another 4 over n which is negative 2 plus 2 times 4 over n, right? The two 4 over n's add together like that. So you'll notice that c3 is negative 2 plus 2 times 4 over n. It doesn't match up like it did with the right endpoints. This might be the first indication to you that we have some problems using left endpoints potentially. ck, what's ck? It starts at negative 2, and then you add a bunch of delta x's, don't you? How many do you add? According to C3, you add one less than whatever K is. So it's K minus one, four over N's, added to the negative two. And so this K minus one, I'm gonna have to be plugging this entire thing into F in order to get the height of the rectangle, right? I'm gonna need F of CK. And F says whatever your input is, you're gonna need to do what? F of X is a cubing function, so I'm going to have to cube that. Now, unfortunately, there's no getting around that plus there, but it's even worse having a K minus 1 here. So I don't think I want to use left endpoints. Let me see if right endpoints are any better. Using right endpoints, my C1 is going to be not negative 2 this time, right, because it's a right endpoint. So it's going to be negative 2 plus... 4 over n, delta x. C2 is negative 2 plus 4 over n from before, plus another 4 over n, which is negative 2 plus 2 4 over n's. This time, like it did in the last example we did, the k matches with the number of 4 over n's you add. Ck is negative 2 plus k 4 over n's. That's going to be what I plug in to f to get the height of my kth rectangle. So this input is going to be cubed, unfortunately. So p- instead of starting at zero, starting at negative two really messed me up in my um, in my Riemann sum. So we're going to need some algebra here in just a second. But f of c k is this thing cubed. So now I can set up my Riemann sum. And I think actually, in the interest of um, not running out of space, I'm going to go back and I'm going to delete this left endpoint stuff, because we don't want to use that. And I'm going to start with my Riemann sum. The area is the limit of the Riemann sum as n goes to infinity. The sum from k equals 1 to n, f of ck times delta x. That's what I was going toward. That's why I needed f of ck. So the area is, the limit as n goes to infinity, the sum k equals 1 to n, negative 2 plus, can I write that as instead as 4k over n instead of k times 4 over n? The f- k times 4 over n I'd rather write as 4k over n. All of that gets cubed that I multiply by another delta x. Delta x is 4 over n. So that's my Riemann sum that I need to evaluate. And the problem is I've got a couple of things here. First, I've got something cubed, which is a big pain when there's a plus in between, right? Cubing a binomial is not easy. Then I have times delta x. So let me deal with my binomial. If you watched this particular tape from last time, you might have seen the shortcut to a plus b quantity cubed. It's actually a cubed plus 3a squared b plus 3ab squared plus b cubed. And the coefficients 1, 3, 3, 1 came from Pascal's triangle, Blaise Pascal, mathematician from earlier days than Riemann and Gauss. So, a cubed plus 3a squared b plus 3ab squared plus b cubed. I'm going to use that to take my negative 2 plus 4k over n and cube it. I'm going to do that first, then I'll put it back in my Riemann sum. So, the, I'm going to just cube the negative 2, because that's a cubed. By the way, a is negative 2, and b is 4k over n, okay? Okay. So I have a cubed, negative 2 cubed, plus 3a squared, times b to the first, plus 3a, oops, a is negative 2, times b squared, and b is 4k over n. Then finally plus b cubed. So I have a cubed plus 3a squared b plus 3ab squared plus b cubed. And the first one's a cubed. So pause and stare at that for a moment if you'd like to see that that's true, cubing that thing. Now I'm going to simplify. Negative 8 minus plus, sorry, negative 2 squared is positive 4. 12, oops, times another 4 is 48 k over n. Minus this time, I have 4 squared is 16 times 6, or you could do 16 times 2, that's easier, is 32, and 32 times 3 is 96. So I have a negative 96 k squared n. This is all arithmetic and algebra. So I have 16 times 2 is 32, times 3 is 96, and it's negative. And k squared over n squared, I almost missed something, right? Just talking about the algebra, I should just do it instead of talking about it. Plus, 4 cubed is 64, k cubed over n cubed. It's really important that I take my time here, because I don't want to go through a lot of work and then get the wrong answer. So I'm pretty sure this is correct. This is my height it's all going to be multiplied by 4 over n. So I'm just doing the work outside here so that I don't have to do it all and rewrite the Riemann sum every time. I'm um, gonna write this. Negative 8 plus 48k over n minus 96k squared over n squared plus 64 K cubed over N cubed. I'm going to distribute the 4 over N to every term. And I get negative 32 over N plus 8 times 4 is thirty-two, one uh, 192. You can check my work on that, 48 times 4. 192K over N minus 96 times 4. 4 times 6 is 24. 4 times 9 is 36. 38, I believe, 384. K squared over n squared oops no wait a minute i'm also multiplying by n in the bottom so i have a k over n squared and an n squared times n is n cubed in the bottom so busy distracted by the numbers i'm losing my over n is multiplying by every one of these over n over n squared over n cubed then i have plus 4 times 64 4 times 4 is 16 256 k cubed over n to the fourth, because I multiplied n cubed times n in the denominator. So I have these terms. And this is going to be what I need to evaluate using the summation now. So I'm going to put this back into the sum (laughs) and hold my breath. So I have the area is the limit as n goes to infinity. The sum k equals 1 to n and I've got my first term negative 32 over n and um, I'm actually going to write each of these sums different uh, separately plus the sum k equals one to n 192 k over n squared minus the sum and in fact I really should just take that fraction out but I guess I have to do that in the next one. Sum k equals 1 to n of 384 k squared over n cubed. Now before you get too overwhelmed, remember k is the only thing that changes. Everything else is going to go out front. Plus sum k equals 1 to n 256 k cubed over n to the fourth. Now this thing is even tiring out my pen, so we'll take a break for just a sec. I'm going to clean up some of this. And now I can factor out, go ahead and do this ahead of me. I can factor out all the constants and the n's and only leave k's. And then we'll see what we have. We have a equals the limit as n goes to infinity of the sum. I'm going to have negative 32 over n times the sum K equals 1 to n. Huh, I just have 1, huh? Maybe I should have left that one alone. Erase that. I think it's more confusing to not have anything there. Let's just evaluate this sum. This is, as K goes from 1 to n of negative 32 over n, the 1 over n can go out front. And negative 32 is a constant. So you have negative 32 n times. So the sum is negative 32 n. Then I have plus 192 over n squared, coming out of the sum, and then inside the sum, I just have k. We know the sum from 1 to n of k. We have a formula for it. Minus 384 over n cubed. I'm pulling that out. I have the sum k equals 1 to n. k squared, we have a formula for that. Plus, pull out the 256 over n to the fourth. Sum k equals 1 to n k cubed, we have a formula for that as well. So what we've done is we've broken it up into things that we can evaluate the sums of using formulas. I did the first sum already because it was more confusing not to do it. Now at this point, we're going to plug in all our n's and evaluate each of these sums. And when we work it all out, we're actually going to get an answer, Uh, maybe not for area. Maybe I need to be careful using that a over there. Let me circle that and say question mark. See what happens. Now, I'm sure you're thanking me for this at this point. This very long problem that we need to finish is actually kind of neat because it enables us to use all four formulas that we have for sums. When we cancel these ends, we're going to have the, uh, well, actually, we already did the sum, so never mind. I already did that one, right? The constants as k goes from 1 to n. It was negative 32n, and then there was already an over n there. Then I rewrote the rest of what we left off with, negative 19, sorry, positive 192 over n squared times the sum k equals 1n to n of k. We know that one. And then negative 384 over n cubed times the sum k equals 1n of k squared plus 256 over n to the fourth, the sum of k cubed. So now we've got a formula for k cubed. We've got a formula for k squared. And we have a formula for k. That was Gauss's formula. So now we can go ahead and evaluate the the sums. And then we're going to see if we can take the limit. So step by step, we just have four terms coming from taking our cube of the right endpoint and then multiplying by delta x. So we have this here, and we have the limit n goes to infinity of negative 32 that's just going to stay right because a limit of n going to infinity of a constant is just the constant back again plus 192 over n squared then the sum of all the k's we use the formula for that's n times n plus 1 over 2 Okay, see if you can finish this line using what you know for the sum of k squared and the sum of k cubed, and then come back. Coming back, let's see, we've got negative 384 over n cubed. The sum of k squared is n times n plus 1, just like before, but then it also has a 2n plus 1 factor, all over this times 6. And then, finally, we have plus 256 over n to the fourth times, by the way, let me underline that. That was the k squared sum. And the sum of the cubes, that's the n squared times parentheses n plus 1 quantity squared all over 4. We're taking the limit of all of this mess as n goes to infinity. And you might think, that's impossible, but it's not. So I'm going to go back here, and I'm going to simplify and take the limit. So I'm going to write each limit separately, I think. So what's the limit as n goes to infinity of negative 32? That's still negative 32, isn't it? Then I have plus the limit as n goes to infinity. Of 192 actually can I divide that 2 in there 2 goes into 192 96 times double-check me on that 96 times so I have 96 now I'm gonna have n squared plus n multiplied by the 96 and that's all gonna be over n squared But remember, the limit as n goes to infinity means when n goes to infinity, the most dominant term is the n-squared term. So my most dominant term is going to be 96n-squared over n-squared also. So the powers match. So that's nice, right? We like it when the powers match because we can cancel the n-squareds in our dominant terms, and the limit's just going to be 96 in the next step. So I'll go ahead and put that in there. Negative 32 plus 96. Minus, I'm going to have the limit as n goes to infinity of, oh, I have minus already here, right? I'm going to just make sure I put that in there. 384. Oh, can I divide 6 into that? 6 goes into 38 six times with two left over, and 6 goes into 24 four times. So the 6 divided into the 384, and then I have over n cubed. But then I also have times this messy thing, right? n times n plus 1 times 2n plus 1. Now, if you think ahead, when you multiply all this stuff out, what's your leading term or your dominant term going to be? It's going to be n times n times 2n, isn't it? So that's going to be 2n cubed is your dominant term. Now, the rest of the stuff I don't have to write because the limit as n goes to infinity of the, th- the thing above is equivalent to the limit as n goes to infinity of 64 over n cubed times 2n cubed. So I'm going to be able to evaluate that limit. 64 times 2 is 128. The n cubes cancel. So the limit as n goes to infinity of 128 is just 128, and it was negative, so I was careful to put that in right away. All right, we have 3 down and... One to go. So I have plus 256 over 4. 4 goes into 256, right? 4 goes into 25 six times with one left over. And 4 goes into 16 four times. So we have 64 over n to the fourth. Oops, I'm missing my limit. Then I have the square of n plus 1. Now that's not equal to n squared plus 1, right? It's n squared plus 2n plus 1. But that's going to be multiplied by n squared again. So I'm going to have an n squared times an n squared term. My leading term is going to be n to the fourth. Then I'm going to have plus what? plus 2n cubed plus n squared. If you multiply the n plus 1 out, it's n squared plus 2n plus 1. When you multiply that by n squared, Then you get n to the fourth plus 2n cubed plus n squared. I don't need these two terms because they're not dominant. I'm taking the limit as n goes to infinity. So when n goes to infinity, these guys are not as powerful as n to the fourth. So I just need to evaluate this limit. Piece of cake, n to the fourth over n to the fourth is 1. The limit as n goes to infinity of 64 is just 64 back again. OK, I'm going to hold my breath because I know what the answer should be. Some of you might as well. Negative 32 plus 96. You can choose how you want to add these up if you want to put the negatives together. Negative 32 plus negative 128 is negative 160. And 96 and 64, 6 and 4 is 10. 10 and 6, 16. Negative is six, 160 plus 160. We did all that work to get a big, fat zero as our answer. All right, why did that happen? Did we make a mistake? Often, if you get zero as an answer, you think you made a mistake, right? Well, you may recall, to correct myself, to cover myself, I said A equals, but then I put little question marks around there. Is it really equal? It's like the riddler in Batman or something. Is that equal? I don't know. It's a riddle. Let's look over here. We did already find out this area right here was equal to 4. Now, if the whole thing gave up me 0, taking all these rectangles and adding them to all these rectangles and getting 0, then what do you think you would get if you went from negative 2 to 0? If you think that perhaps using Riemann sums on this interval from negative 2 to 0 on this region right here gives you negative 4, then you could be correct. And in fact, I'm going to leave that to you as an exercise to take the Riemann sum from negative 2 to 0 and see if you get negative 4. And remember, Riemann sums are adding up areas of rectangles as the number of rectangles goes to infinity. So that means that it's taking this area and it's calling it negative. Now, why that's happening, I'll let you see for yourself. And you're adding it to this one, and they're canceling out. Okay, So you may notice in the reading that he, um, they talk about the fact that the, it's, the Riemann sum represents the area under the curve if the function is non-negative on the entire interval. If the function is negative on any part of the interval, then the Riemann sum does not technically represent the area anymore. Now we're going to talk about these regions where the graph goes negative, and um, you'll you'll work with it some in the next exercise, and also some in this section. When you read through this section, you'll see some more treatment of this, and also in the homework. Also, in the next section, we're going to talk about this some more. We're going to be doing something that's not necessarily an area. It's not an area necessarily. It's not an area if the function is negative for any part of the interval. And so that's why we got 0. It's really not an area. The area under these two, um, in these two regions, together, is actually 8. I mentioned the symmetry. This region is exactly the same shape and size as this region over here. Because of the symmetry, the origin symmetry of f of x equals x cubed. Origin symmetry was in the last semester's class as well. Negative 2 to 2, these are equal intervals in the x, uh, on the x-axis. So that's why this region has the same area as this one. So if you wanted to find this area, you actually can just take the opposite of what the Riemann sum gives you, provided the function is negative on that entire interval. It's kind of like the opposite thing. Normally, to get an area, you need the function to be non-negative on the interval. From 0 to 2, the function's non-negative. But if the function is negative on an entire interval, then you can just take the opposite of of whatever the Riemann sums gives you. There's only one m in Riemann. One m, two n's. The limit of the Riemann sum. Take the opposite of it, and that gives you the area if the function is negative on the entire interval. So I told you I was going to give this to you as an exercise. Let me draw it up for you. use Riemann sums to get the area between y equals x cubed, x equals negative 2, x equals 0, and y equals 0. And I'm going to suggest that you use the right endpoints. And you're going to go, if you have trouble with the right, try the left. Um, And you're going to go from negative 2 to 0, you're going to make rectangles. This is actually using the left endpoint. I'm trying to think which would be better. I thought right, but then yeah, I think the right endpoint's better. Oh, that was correct. Going from here, the right endpoint. No, like that. And. Remember, your delta x is b minus a over n. It's 2 over n again, just like it was when we went from 0 to n. And your c1, if you use a right endpoint, your c1 is negative 2 plus 2 over n. Dot, dot, dot. Your ck endpoint, I'll let you figure that one out. Okay, figure out ck. then then plug that in to get F of CK, and then (laughs) plug that in to get um, your Riemann sum, and um, see if you can get negative 4, because that should be what you get with the Riemann sum going from negative 2 to 0. That negative 4 adds to the positive 4 that we found in the first example, and overall, that's why the Riemann sum from negative 2 to 2 would give you 0. All right, so we learned about two mathematicians in this section. And the first one was Carl Friedrich Gauss. And he's the one who came up with that shorthand for the sum of uh, i equals 1 to n, or k equals 1 to n of i or k. And I told you that I would prove it for you, other than the intuitive proof that we did. Uh, actually, then I re- remembered that the proof is in the book. So I'm going to let you um, read it. It's quite interesting. It uh, basically adds another sequence in the opposite order. And when you add those together, you have two too many of them. So then you divide by two. I'll let you see that that's the same as n times n plus 1 over 2. Okay? so the proof is in the book. And uh, Carl Friedrich Gauss came a little bit before Riemann in the history of mathematics. And uh, presumably, although I'm not an expert on math history, I need to read up on it more. Presumably, then he paved the way. His work with um, summation and things like that probably paved the way for Riemann's work in uh, these Riemann sums. You'll see that you definitely need um, trick formulas in order to find sums in the Riemann sums. You know that that sum of k cubed. If we didn't have a formula for it, we'd be stuck. So you might also notice that I used. I mean, just y equals x cubed became quite complicated. The examples in the book are y equals x squared, uh, y equals 2x minus 3, things like that. There, I think there are some. There is an x cubed in the homework, though, so I wanted to make sure I addressed this. Plus, it covers a lot of things, a lot of tools that you need to be able to do problems like these. However, I'm sure you can imagine that very quickly. These examples, these problems, you know, finding areas or, or things like that would get complicated very fast. Just things like, you know, x squared plus 1, you can investigate what that would involve using Riemann sums. And so we definitely don't want to have to do everything this way. So as you might guess, trudging through the examples this way is going to lead us into a better way to find the area under a curve. And then also, more generally, do other things with, techniques that we've learned in this chapter. I don't want to give anything away, but you can probably guess that the next section is going to relate area and Riemann sums, and also what we learned before we started talking about area. So I'll let you uh, hold your breath on that one. Have fun working on the homework on this. Try to keep track of all your numbers, and just remember that it builds character to practice all this stuff.